Every career is a journey. Every leader has a story. Welcome to Journey to the Energy C-Suite, where we look at the strategies and techniques that turn solid leaders into top executives. This is your place to hear practical wisdom and guidance from real people who know what it takes. With your host, Ryan Sanford. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Journey to the Energy C-Suite. I am your host, Ryan Sanford. It is great to be back with you today. Thanks again for punching that play button on the Oil & Gas Global Network. I'm really excited about our guest today. She is a longtime business leader, entrepreneur, and board member for several companies. She is the founder and CEO of Higher Universe, where she advises private equity and venture capital firms and supports high-performing enterprises in achieving their missions. She's also the podcast host of CEO Blind Spots. She is Birgit Camps. Birgit, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate what you do for leaders. <laughs> well, thank you. And we have been working for a while to try to, to try to carve out some time to have you on the show because you have a really busy schedule. That's, a, that's good news. But uh, I'm really excited to finally be able to get you on the calendar. Uh, I want to start. You have such a fascinating background. Um, you, you grew up, uh, I think you spent time in five different countries when you were young and you were speaking five different languages by the time you were 10 years old. You know, tell us a little bit about what that was like being exposed to different cultures and maybe how that served you uh, later on when you entered the business world. Sure. Well, first of all, as a child, you could say I experienced many crises every time when I moved to a country where I didn't understand the language. Right. So um, I think it uh, gave me the foundation of resiliency when unexpected changes happen. And then the other thing that really helped me in the business world is I learned early on that English does not equal English. So even though I might have learned the language, what what that culture means when they say, for example, integrity can mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to you know, imagine- people, that's important to to keep in mind because you think you're clear because you speak English, but then you're surprised by the results and you're like, what happened? (laughs) We made some assumptions about what that meant. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens nowadays though, right? With, 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 uh, international businesses and everything happening over zoom. Yeah. So you you became an entrepreneur uh, after working in the corporate world very successfully, and you started a company called Higher Synergy, which you eventually sold to a a national staffing group. I wonder if you could take us back and walk us through that initial decision to go into business for yourself as an entrepreneur. Tell us about how you came to that decision. Yeah. Well, when I moved to America, I kept hearing about the American dream. So um, I did, you know, early on uh, wonder, you know, I wonder if. I can also be an entrepreneur. And then I kept delaying that because, uh, you know, I did not know how to do it. I didn't feel uh, confident that I could do it. I thought everybody else could do it, but I, I'm an expert in my little niche. And so um, that's probably not for me, but the American culture penetrated my soul. And I kept thinking about, well, what if and how can I rather than, you know, I can't. So over the years, that kind of stuck with me. And then eventually came the moment where, um, you know, situations in life evolve. And I realized, you know what? I don't need to know all the answers. I just need to be able to partner up and hire the right people. 
And I happen to, at this point, have had a really good track record of being able to do that. So, um, so I decided it was now or never. <laughs> so you mentioned kind of self-doubt. Getting over that hurdle was big early on. What were some of the other challenges that you faced as you got your business uh, up and running? Well, so I started my business in February. And then in November, uh, Arthur Anderson and Enron collapsed. And, uh, you know, I had a staffing firm, right? So uh, all these great A-type players were available and companies didn't need to pay us a fee to find top talent, right? So <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, 65% of, you know, recruiting firms went out of business and, you know, we had just started. The good news is, um, you know, again, I learned early on the importance of, always serving and making sure that um, you listen to your customer, also your internal customer. And, and the foundation of why I started my firm really was that I wanted to prove you could be successful and at the same time also, um, you know, treat people well. So when that happened and it looked like, you know, our future was at stake, I kept everybody focused on why we started the company and what our vision was. And I did not uh, lay anybody off. And we doubled down our service for free. And so we helped uh, candidates that, you know, wanted to find a job. We helped uh, companies that uh, wanted to make sure they hired the right ones. And uh, four months into basically zero income, uh, all of a sudden companies realize, wow, we can get them without paying recruiters fees, but that doesn't mean that they're a match for our culture. And a lot of times people would get the job to find the one they really wanted. So their turnover was huge. And we were the first they contacted to, to help them. And uh, so we actually quadrupled in size uh, while our competitors were going out of business or not doing well. So, um, and, and credit to my team, you know, they aligned with the vision. And uh, so, so that was a big learning lesson about really focusing on why ultimately start a company and what kind of leader do you want to be and how do you want to serve? So what, what advice would you give to um, people who may be in the same boat that you were in back then thinking about an idea they have for their own company, but maybe kind of um, hesitating a little bit because they're not sure they can do it. Um, what advice would you give to those folks now? Yeah, you know, having having mentors who have been there and failed, <laughs> I learned a lot more from other people's failures in my own than than the successes. And part of the inspiration for the CEO Blind Spots podcast is because you know these days it's it's hard. Uh, to get connected with mentors, you know, and, and with the remote world. So I figured, you know, I'm not the only one that can help others and I have limited time as you discovered. So I figured, Hey, leaders can help leaders and learn from others and ask questions. So that's number one, right? Make sure, making sure you actually uh, reach out uh, to mentors um, that have the experience. Then the other thing where I guess I lucked out, but again, it's life lessons, right? Is making sure that you select the right people. And um, when you're hiring, because, you know, when you're a small company, the wrong hire can, can really destroy your company. So I was really lucky there. And then the third thing is um, 
I started the company on a shoestring budget, but we were very, uh, I was very, I've always lived under my means. And the same thing happened with my company. I made sure we had cash in the bank in case of anything. Now, I certainly didn't predict that we would <laughs> have no income for <laughs> months, but thankfully, because um, we didn't go crazy on, on, you know, big suites, big offices, big expenses, we were able to weather the storm, so to speak. So eventually you, you sold that business and spent some time uh, raising your young daughter. And then you eventually started the firm that you run now, which is Higher Universe. Um, you've been called the human x-ray machine for your ability to really see beneath the surface of really critical business issues and help companies and leaders really think about what the real challenges are and find real solutions. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the work you're doing now and why it's important for leaders to have an external pair of eyes or maybe a, an external x-ray machine, human x-ray machine. Yes. Well, the birth of my daughter completely changed my life priorities. So um, what that meant, and again, you experience this, is limited time. I take her to school, I pick her up. And so, um, and I still was committed to the same vision, you know, helping helping companies succeed while treating people well. And uh, so I decided I would uh, start doing some consulting work and uh, with a select few companies. And it was actually one of my clients who was like, wow, you're like a human x-ray machine. <laughs> and you discover leadership blind spots and lightning speed. And my clients, they're all smart, you know, really smart people. Um, but why, why engage with someone like me is because I can save time and get to the real issue. The, the big challenge for leaders is that their people won't tell them directly what the issue is, right? Either they're afraid of getting fired or they just feel like it's not respectful to tell the boss that. And I'm able to, to really listen and, and discover those things. And then to the earlier conversation, I also uh, am really good at discovering what my client's language is. So just because they speak English and we speak English does not mean that we understand each other. So, um, you know, it, it, that's one value specifically to me. But, um, but the other thing is, I think we all benefit from, you know, different communication styles and different people who, who see things that you might not when you're in the trenches every day. Now, you mentioned blind spots, um, and your podcast is great. I've been listening to it. A, a mutual friend of ours turned me on to it a, a while back, and, and it's really cool because it's it's you know usually 15 minutes. It's really sharp, and um, you've got some great guests on there, and you also share your own expert opinions on different topics going on in leadership. I wonder if you could share with us a couple of the most prevalent CEO blind spots that you're seeing. You know, this pandemic, the last 18 months, has really changed the world as a whole, but also really for CEOs and people running businesses, it's really changed the way they have to lead. I wonder if you could share a couple of those things. Sure. Um, you know, there, every company of course has its unique blind spot. Having said that I have discovered some patterns that, that seem to, since the pandemic really be prevalent. 
And I was like, how can I, how can I say that in a way that is short and gets mm-hmm. to the point, right? So, um, uh, so one of them is, so I'll just say what the three main patterns are, which is no focus, no feedback, and no fun. And mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is people are so distracted since the pandemic internally in their, their mind, right? Fear of what's going to happen, fear of the unknown, that, that people are so distracted right now. And therefore, um, it's hard to execute on priorities, right? So that's one thing is, is uh, leaders, um, their blind spot is that they need to help people focus on the priorities. And so, um, and especially because there's so many changes happening. And leaders also are having to to pivot, right? They'll think they're, we go down one path and then it's not working and then they change it. But um, but again, people, the, the team may be distracted with a million things to do and not know really what the priorities are. So so that's one area, right? The, the uh, no feedback, what I'm talking about as a blind spot is when there's time pressures and there's crisis, leaders tend to sometimes revert to being dictators and talking a lot rather than listening to their people. So, um, so there are a lot of unexpected surprises, including lately a lot of uh, surprise resignations. And, and usually the source of that is miscommunication or people feeling like they have not been heard. Um, so that's another big one, right? There's, and then in the past, leaders would do the, I guess, the traditional performance reviews where they would give reviews once a year or once every six months. Well, that formula is bankrupt since the pandemic. That formula of feedback just doesn't work because again, things are changing fast and um, people want to know how they're doing and they want to hear good news, not just the end of the year feedback where I feel like I've been set up to fail because I didn't reach the goals that I didn't even know were that important or you didn't acknowledge my progress. So that's, you know, the no feedback is a big or not sufficient feedback, I should say, is is another big area of a blind spot to a lot of leaders that causes, you know, missed performance. Um, and then the third one, no fun Um, you know, this has been such a serious time. And so, you know, leaders are trying to figure out how to get people back into the office and how to keep their culture and how to engage people. Well, if, if all they're going to come back to is problems, then they're not going to be engaged. And if they don't feel like the leader's empathetic towards them, that's kind of back to the, you know, are they a good listener or not? Mm -hmm. But and there's no, no fun, then, you know, it's just, it's challenging. And leaders by default are really good at solving problems. And what that means is they focus on what's not working. And by default, leaders don't need um, kudos or attaboys, so to say, so to speak, or girls. And so (laughs) they don't appreciate that, you know, the, and for them, sometimes the fun is solving a challenge, but, but for most team members, they want to know they belong. They want to know they've got friends. That's a big one, you know, not to oversimplify, mm-hmm. but a lot of the younger generations, they, they really want to know that they've got friends at work, that it's fun to be at work. And and that is hardly ever a thought <laughs> for, yeah. for leaders. So <laughs> that's another big blind spot. So I would say yeah. those are the three patterns I've discovered. And then, of course, there's the unique ones for each company or each leader. 
Yeah, all these changes that are happening. I mean, the world of work and the way work is getting done uh, has has really changed dramatically over the the last couple of years, and and I I see that only continuing to change and evolve. Now, I wonder, just based on your experience, really advising companies and, and leadership teams, do you think leaders by and large are keeping up with those changes in terms of the way that they can attract and retain top talent and the new expectations of the workforce? Well, um, <laughs> I would say uh, if a leader has been through a crisis before, they are more apt to adjust quicker um, I've just, I've noticed that the leaders who haven't been through crisis before are having a little bit of a harder time, um, you know, being flexible or adaptable in their mindset. Like they still want things to be the way they used to be. And, um, and they still, uh, you know, think people should be like them and should have the work ethic like them and should work the way that they're used to. Um, so I would say it kind of depends on their mindset. Mm. So if someone has a growth mindset, uh, an adaptable mindset, then, then they tend to be in inquiry mode. Like, okay, what have I missed? What, what's, uh, what's working, what's not working? Um, and so those are the ones that tend to, you know, to adjust. And, um, but it's t- I'll tell you, it's tough for all leaders right now. I think the number one uh, conversation I have with leaders, including my podcast guests, is it's pretty lonely being a leader right now. And the truth is, no one, it, no one really knows, quote unquote, the answer, right? And then leaders have a lot of confidential issues that they're dealing with, and not a whole lot of people to speak with. So, you know, again, those that that are able to speak with other leaders, uh, I think, also tend to fare better, because they'll, they'll know patterns that it's not just them that it's actually a pattern you know the workforce is changing (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh you know and and the uncertainty is still there about who knows what the future holds so how are you going to attract people and retain people yeah one of the things that i think um this overarching theme i've seen lately too is around burnout and and i imagine that uh, burnout is, is is as prevalent among the leadership ranks as it is among uh, the employer ranks right now. But um, there's been a lot of articles written recently uh, about burnout and uh, specifically leadership burnout, really all levels of the workforce. You know, how can companies and leaders really be proactive about attacking this issue before it happens? Yeah, well, that's a very good point you make. And, and I can absolutely confirm that. And as you said, lots of articles are being written about that. And uh, it really starts with the leader. Right. So I have leaders are as burned out as they have ever been. So I would say, you know, included in that solution needs to be the leader. Like if the leader's not uh, taking care of their well being, and if the leader is not seeking support, right, or taking, you know, taking time to refresh or whatever they need to do, then it's, it's going to be that much harder to help your team. Having said that, you know, a lot of leaders are providing, uh, you know, mental wellness uh, programs. There are leaders who are supporting people taking taking a few days off to do nothing but just rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing really is, you know, it's easier to say, uh, 
take three days off and rest or go see this wellness, mental wellness professional. What is not so easy, but, but also very impactful uh, in a positive way is to just connect with people and listen to them. So part of the burnout is feeling like I, I, I just can't succeed. I can't win and people don't get my struggles and no one's listening to me, right? So if, if you can up the quotient of like just really trying to understand what's going on with them and how can you support them uniquely, uh, that, that has proven to be very fruitful for many of my clients. And, and you also serve on boards. And I, I think uh, one of the things I wanted to get into with you was um, what trends are you seeing among boards now in terms of new or emerging expectations of CEOs and executive teams? We've just talked about a lot of the issues they're facing both personally and then in terms of leading their businesses. But um, let's take it one level up now and the boards that they're ultimately accountable to. How are they um, seeing those new expectations play out? Yeah, so definitely one of the new, uh, you know, aspects that, that we as board members look for is, is the leader able to express empathy, communicate effectively, listen well? And then the other thing, there are a lot of CEOs who've performed great in the past and have great track records. However, the new thing that's really being zeroed in on is how are they going to ensure that they can execute during these times when there's frequent changes and when you're dealing with a team who's burned out. So, so really looking at what are their strategies to execute on priorities is, is another layer that, uh, that now has become really critical because by default, the performance is just down across the board. Yeah, are there any other skills or attributes that you see sort of emerging to the top of, of the list in terms of uh, must-have attributes for CEOs? Yeah, um, in the past, it was all about IQ, <laughs> and now <laughs> it's all about EQ. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I frequently say it's, it's almost like they have to get a PhD in effective communication because mm -hmm. the amount of conflict in the workplace is huge now, right? It started with, you know, the work from home, don't work from home, mm -hmm. uh, Republican, Democrat, vaccine, yeah. no vaccine. I mean, the list goes on, you know, the riots. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if the CEO is not effective at being able to engage in difficult conversation, again, it's predictable that the performance will suffer. So boards really do need a human x-ray machine if they're going to try to get, get under the skin and, and, and find those attributes in their emerging leaders when they're trying to put their leadership teams together. No, that's great stuff. And one, one last thing I want to I want to ask you before we let you go, uh, Birgit, thank you so much for joining us. But I want you to think just in terms of your own work and your own career right now, what are you most excited about as we as we enter the last quarter of, of 2021 and think ahead into 2022? Yeah. So, you know, we all have our blind spots and, and one that recently, <laughs> you know, that I've been uh, you know, aware of is, you know, when I had my staffing firm, it was easy to delegate, but you know, the human x-ray machine who discovers leadership blind spots at lightning speed, that that's a lot tougher to delegate. So, uh, but I'm still committed to the same vision to, to helping, you know, company leaders and I've limited time. And so one of the things I'm looking at as I'm joining boards, as you know, I'm pretty selective on, on in part because of my time in part because of my commitment, but I'm looking to see 
how can I scale myself really through <laughs> others? And and one of the boards I sit on is called ThinkX. And I'm, I'm really excited about that one because um, a lot of pain is happening right now because people don't know how to hire well and they don't know how to develop their people well. And, um, and this company has done it in a scientific way and it's EEOC approved. And I'm like, yeah, I think the future, and there's going to be a lot of turnover in companies because people don't stay with the companies often as they used to. So I'm looking at how can I, you know, how can I scale through others, so to speak? Uh, and, and then the other thing is digital online, right? So that is, that is definitely has been in my blind spot and I don't have the answer yet, but I can tell you I'm, I'm now partnering up and surrounding with, with people who are experts at that to see how I can reach and support more leaders across the globe. Uh, the podcast, of course, lays the foundation for that, but but there'll be more to come on that. Outstanding. Well, Birgit Camps, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure uh, to, to hear you share your insights. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Ryan. And again, I appreciate uh, what you're providing for leaders and, and I encourage you to <laughs> keep reaching out to busy leaders. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, thank you listeners for joining us again. And if you want to learn more about Birgit and the work she does and the CEO Blind Spots podcast, uh, just check out the show notes. We'll have a couple of links in there so you can learn more about her if you want to actually access her podcast. I highly encourage you to do that. A wealth of, of great information uh, in there as well. Um, also, don't forget to leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you may be accessing the podcast. We always appreciate those reviews. And don't be afraid to reach out to me directly at ryan.sanford at OGGN.com if you have some feedback or some suggestions for future guests. We'll be back soon with another episode of Journey to the Energy C-Suite on the OGGN. And until then, have a great day, everybody. Tune in next week for another enlightening episode of Journey to the Energy C-Suite, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.